welcome to His Word Heals. You can also visit us online at www.hiswordheals.com for all of our past programs, a healing scripture, CD, books, and more. The last two programs we have done have been about the month of Elul, which is what we're in right now, and the 40 days of repentance leading up to Yom Kippur, or Day of Atonement or Covering, which is also the Day of Judgment. What should we be examining our lives and homes for and then repenting of breaking our creator and king's rules, not worshiping him properly, and not treating others the way that Torah teaches us to. And Yeshua, his word made flesh, or his Torah made flesh, gave us an example of love Yahweh with all of our hearts, soul, and strength. And he, Yeshua, says, quoting the Torah, if you love me, keep my commandments. And then also, love our neighbor as ourselves which Torah also teaches us how to do. We are to love Yahweh and each other the way that Yahweh teaches us in His Word, all of His Word. From the very beginning to the end, it is one book, one instruction, and Yeshua came to teach us how to live it out. Repentance also is not a one-time and done thing. Since we are all still in the flesh, on earth, in our unperfect bodies, Repentance is an ongoing thing. We need to walk in His Spirit and in repentance daily. Anytime His Spirit convicts us that we have or are about to mess up, we then need to teshuva in the Hebrew, which means repent and turn and go the other way. That is what walking in repentance looks like. It's not a life of walking in constant condemnation. No, not at all. Because as soon as we repent in Yeshua Messiah, once we turn, that sin is gone. He wipes it clean. Then we are walking in victory. The more we walk in the Spirit and a life of repentance, the easier it becomes to recognize when we are straying. And the easier it is to hear His Spirit or His voice. And the easier it is to overcome our flesh. Romans chapter 6 verses 16 through 19 say, Do you not know that to whom you yield yourselves as slaves for obedience, you are slaves to him whom you obey, whether it is of sin to death or obedience to righteousness? But thanks be to our Elohim that you were the slaves of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. Then being made free from sin, you became the slaves of righteousness. I speak in the manner of men because of the weakness of your flesh. For as you have yielded your members as slaves to uncleanness and to lawless act unto lawless act, even so now yield your members as slaves to righteousness unto holiness. So I understand that to mean that we become a slave or a servant of righteousness and not a slave or a servant to sin and unrighteousness. The more we practice sin, the easier sin becomes. We become a slave to it. But the more we practice righteousness, likewise, the easier righteousness becomes and we can become a slave to righteousness, which is a good thing. That said, we are going to look at what's next. If we are doing our best to listen to His Spirit and walk in repentance and righteousness, is that all there is to it? Have we arrived? Before we answer that question, I want to share a personal experience with you. I have always been a take-charge kind of person, always trying to maneuver situations and even family members into the way that they should go, the way that they should go, so to speak, according to me. 
or according to my understanding of Yahweh's will. Anyway, Yahweh has convicted me over and over again that I am to simply deliver his message, his word, and leave the rest up to him. But that has not always been easy, especially when it comes to those that I love. This, of course, is a form of unbelief, always thinking or trying to fix things, people, or situations myself. This is hard to explain without leaving the impression that I think we are to do nothing but preach. However, if Yahweh is speaking to you through this message, then you know what I'm talking about anyway. Recently, we were at a large gathering of young people where we had praise and worship two times a day. I have never been one to be very expressive in public, as by nature I'm pretty much an introvert. But this time, Abba laid it on my heart and gave me courage to raise my hands in praise and worship, even toward the front of the gathering, and even when no one else was. Of course, my flesh and the lying enemy condemned me and tried to persuade me that others might think I was doing this just for show. But Abba's voice encouraged me, saying, No, you are doing it for me, because I'm telling you to. The vision he gave me in my mind was Moses raising the staff in the wilderness when Israel was fighting the Amalekites. When his hands were raised, the enemy was defeated, and when he lowered them from exhaustion, the enemy began to win. So when Moses became exhausted, Joshua and Hur came beside Moses and helped him hold his hands up. Another picture I was given was that of surrender. While holding up my hands in praise and worship, I was also directed to open my hands wide as if I was giving everything, all my worries, cares, inhibitions, and controlling spirit over to Him. I was letting everything go and trusting in Him completely. Then in doing so, not only did all of these things fly away, but my open hands and upstretched arms became a conduit for His power and His spirit to fall on, not only me, but I felt like everyone in the room. In my mind's eye, in my spirit, I could see and feel this. His presence filled the room. And the more people with surrendered outstretched arms in the room in this gathering during worship, the more I could feel his spirit fill the room. I only tell you this in hopes that my story of surrender and worship might help other ones of you do the same. I want to come beside you with encouragement and hope to help you also lift and hold up your arms with open hands in prayer and praise and worship so that together we can all continuously defeat the enemy, defeat the Amalekites in our lives and in our congregations. That leads me to the main crux of today's message, which comes from John chapter 14. Incredibly, but not surprisingly, one of the messages shared toward the end of this gathering of young people confirmed what Abba was teaching me, only some of which I just shared with you. This message included John fourteen twelve through 14 Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will he do. Because I go to my Father, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Have you ever really considered this passage? 
Yeshua himself tells us the works that he did, which we know were great and miraculous, those who believe in him will also do those works and even greater works. Wow, just consider. Yes, we know the first century believers and disciples were able to heal and cast out demons just as Yeshua did. But then what happened, especially in the Western church? We've surely seen some questionable healings by what seemed to be charlatans asking for donations and selling handkerchiefs. And whether these are true healings from Yahweh, I will not speculate, as Abba only knows, and he can certainly use whomever he chooses and can heal whomever he chooses. He is sovereign. However, as a whole, the Western Church or body of Messiah, body of Christian believers, do not see or teach that those who believe in Yeshua will do the works that he did, let alone even greater works than those. No, instead, we have been taught that those great works were for them and not for us, and not for now. It was for then. However, in my Bible, in the Word, the words in red, Yeshua's words, they do not have this disclaimer. Let me read verses 12 through 14 of John 14 again, and then I will also continue reading for context and see if there is any sort of disclaimer or if there is some type of indication why the Western Church has not, as a body of believers, had these promised works. So I'm going to read John 14, 12 through 31. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever." the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. A little while longer, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you live also. At that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you." He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Master, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Yeshua answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, the set-apart Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said I am going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. 
And now I have told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe. Wow, so doing the works of Yeshua and even greater works than those is all tied to loving him and keeping his commandments. So he and his father through his spirit can come and make their home in us and with us. This is what enables us to do the works he did and even greater works. It's no wonder with the Western Church teaching that his laws, commands, his judgments are done away with, that we as a body are not able to do the works that he did, let alone greater works. To recap today's message, it all starts with walking in repentance. Repentance from what? From sin or from not obeying his rules, his words, his commands for his people. Repent, then learn to hear his voice and surrender over our will to him, trusting completely in his goodness and his plans. Praise and worship him with up and outstretched arms and open hands of surrender, also coming beside others to encourage and strengthen their arms to reach toward our Father and Savior in heaven, giving him all the glory and praise. This is how we defeat the enemy. Then, as we walk in obedience and love, we need to believe all that he says, including the words in red, which promise us if we truly believe in him and love him by obeying his commands, he and the Father through his Spirit will come and make their home with us, reminding us of all that he said and enabling us to do the works that he did and even greater works than those. Wow! He said this, so I believe it. He also said we would be able to speak to a mountain and have it moved from its place. Matthew twenty-one nineteen through 22 And seeing a fig tree in the way, he, Yeshua, came to it and found nothing on it except leaves only. And he said to it, Let no fruit grow on you forever. And immediately the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw, they marveled, saying, How quickly the fig tree has withered away! Yeshua answered and said to them, Truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you shall not only do this miracle of the fig tree, but also, if you say to this mountain, Be moved and be thrown into the sea, it shall be done. And all things, whatever you shall ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. I truly believe that. If there was a purpose for his kingdom, and I was led by his spirit to speak to a mountain for it to be moved, I believe it would be moved. However, I don't need to physically move a mountain today, and so speaking to a mountain to move it would only be for my own glory or hubris. If I truly believe that I could do it, then I don't need to do it just to prove to myself or to someone else that I can. I believe that I can, so I don't need to prove it. This would only serve to glorify myself and not him. Above all, we first need to learn to hear and listen to his voice and then believe we can do anything he tells us to do, both in his word and through his spirit. Then we need to surrender and just do it because we love him and believe he is a good, good father and a righteous and just king. Repent, surrender completely, worship him, learn to hear his voice, and believe that we can do all things through him who strengthens us and that he has given us authority to accomplish his will 
for his purposes and his glory on this earth. In closing, for encouragement, I'm going to read some passages from Colossians. I'm going to start first in chapter 1, verse 9, and read different portions of Colossians. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of our Messiah, fully pleasing to him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of Elohim, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and long suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into his kingdom, the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible Elohim, the firstborn over all creation, for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body of the church or assembly, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight, if indeed you continue in the faith grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven. Skipping to chapter 2, verse 1. For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of Elohim, both of the Father and of Messiah, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now this I say, lest any one should deceive you with persuasive words. For though I am absent in the flesh, I am with you in the Spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and steadfastness of your faith in Messiah. As you therefore have received Messiah Yeshua, the Master, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Messiah. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Messiah, buried with him in baptism in which you also were raised with him 
through faith in the working of Elohim who raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Skipping to chapter 3, verse 1. If then you were raised with Messiah, seek those things which are above, where Messiah is, sitting at the right hand of Elohim. Set your mind on things above and not on things of the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Messiah in Elohim. When Messiah, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things... The wrath of Elohim is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Messiah is all in all. Therefore, as the elect of Elohim, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Messiah forgave you, so you must also do." But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of Elohim rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Messiah dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns, praise and worship, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Messiah, to the Master. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of Messiah Yeshua, giving thanks to Elohim the Father through him. Skipping to chapter 4, verse 2. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that Elohim would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Messiah, for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. I want to finish today with an admonition from 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Know this also, that in the last days grievous times will be at hand, for men will be self-lovers, money-lovers, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, unyielding, false accusers, without self-control, savage, despisers of good, traitors, reckless, puffed up, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of Elohim, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Even turn away from these. Let us all seek to walk, even as he walked, and we will be granted the power to do the things that he did, and even greater things, when we obey and love him and treat one another properly. We will be able to walk in faith and courage without fear. Whenever we come upon anything that could cause us fear, we will know that we have the power to speak to those things and they will be removed, just as Yeshua spoke to the waves and they were calmed. 
He spoke to the winds, and they were calmed. We likewise will be able to calm the fears of ourselves, our families, and others by speaking to the things that cause us to be afraid and casting them aside in order to move forward in His will with courage and faith and no fear. Let us seek to start walking in the authority granted to us by Him through His Son, through Yeshua, through the forgiveness that we have in Him, rather than having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Blessings and shalom to all of you and everyone in your home. 